everybody welcome to the pc perspective podcast this is episode 503 being recorded on june 13th 2018 i'm ryan Shrout. i'm jeremy hellstrom i'm josh wall wrath and i'm ken addison uh, I do want to say, Alex, I appreciate that you're putting the date in the rundown next to the camera now. Ruins everything. <laughs> no, the fact it's the right date ruins everything. That's true. Yeah, I would have said anything in there. Uh, also, I'm guessing this isn't the first week you've done that. No, no. it's not. It's I've probably the first time I've noticed it, though, right? No, we, I, we first did it because you couldn't remember what it was, and then you're like, oh, it's right there on the rundown. Have I said this before? Yes, yeah, you I don't have. remember that. We have it on well, we'll we have it on video. What it is. Welcome to the show, everybody. It's uh, Wednesday night. We record this live at PCPer.com slash live. Wednesdays, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. Uh, we talk about PC hardware and computer technology and all the things that are on that rundown over there we'll, we'll talk about. No one ever gets and that more. right. And more. It's very difficult. Stage left. Right. Right. Correct. Uh, so, like I said, we're recording it live. If you need a little reminder, if you want to hang out with us in the chat and stuff, you can go to pcpercom slash subscribe. gives you this page here that asks for your name, your email address, and we'll send you a notification, usually an hour or two hours ahead of when we actually record the event. gives you time to, you know, get your dinner ready, clean up the dishes, put the dogs... I was, gonna say, <laughs> I was mixing up um, putting the kids to sleep and putting the dogs <laughs> to sleep. Don't do that. It's the show is not worth that much to us, really. Uh, save the dogs, put the kids to bed, put let the, the dogs to outside, <laughs> uh, and uh, trust me, it'll all it'll all be fine. Do, do that thing we said. Uh, we still have our Patreon campaign running. That is at Patreon.com/slash PCPer. This is your uh, outlet if you wish to be a monthly contributor to the website like a direct financial monetary contributor uh you could it could be a dollar a month it could be three five ten twenty a hundred dollars a month whatever you want it to be and that goes directly to us to create this content uh so if you run an ad block on the site or um you think josh looks particularly enticing this evening you can just enticing become a patron for that and as as is always the case if you become a patron while we record or increase your patronage during during the recording, I will uh, call out your name and give you a shout out on the podcast in uh, in appreciation. What could go if you will? Nothing could go wrong. Uh, part of what do you, do you know? Do you know? Maybe probably not. I actually bought from Teespring JoshTech.com products. You know, I could have given you a coupon code. You had just I, I don't care. I just. <laughs> what did you get? Did you get? You didn't get them in yet, apparently. Otherwise, they'd be clearly no. within arm's reach. Like, yeah, there would. It would be the 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 larger canvas print and a mug. <laughs> Are you going to replace or put it next to the um, the Air picture of behind your hand? Yeah. Sure. Why not? Yeah, I think that needs to be there. Should be in the yeah, we should probably yeah. hang one behind us somewhere, but we got this annoying TV and the set and stuff in the way. Ugh, this annoying set. Mm. You know, we, we could put. What's the, the shipping like to Canada on that thing? I've never looked. Economical. I don't know. <laughs> surprisingly, I've never looked. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Um, one of the things that is enabled by that Patreon campaign is the PC per mailbag. Episode forty-seven has gone up here, June eighth. We did have a request here for um, RSS of this, and uh, we have two options. Only one that I really feel like taking the effort through of doing. So, really, we have one option. And I think what we're going to do is 
unless anybody listening to this podcast wants to email me or tweet at me specific complaints against the idea, we will probably make the PC Per Mailbag part of the PC Perspective podcast RSS feed. So you would get your podcast on Thursday and a mailbag on Friday. Um, the mailbags, you know, are 15 to 20 minutes. It's not like we're going to put something in there every day. It's easily skippable. I think that will be fine for most people. I don't imagine that we have the curmudgeon type ones. Like, I don't don't put an extra file on my smartphone every week. But it's data plans, man, that that. Oh, ten, not you too as well. That, that podcast or that <laughs> audio file is going to be. Uh, so I think that's what we'll do. I think that's what we're going to do. Um Unless, yeah, anybody has any maybe specifically we've negative feedback. It's unlikely we've done it, but maybe. You never know. Uh, and then we – where's my – do I not have – there it is. As the aforementioned. Oh, before, before the merch store, before our merch oh. mention, which Josh precluded the merch mention with his own I'm merch sorry, mention. I'm sorry. I can't read the rundown because I'm stupid. Understood. No, it's fine. And the and the rundown might not – it's not accurate anyway because we have one in between mailbag and merch to begin with. It is uh, the promotion of a live stream we're having on Tuesday with AMD. Ooh. AMD is coming out here to talk about FreeSync, to talk about FreeSync on TVs, to talk about HDR implementations of FreeSync. And uh, we're going to have – they're going to – they're actually going to – announce some stuff like not necessarily like brand new products or whatever but some shifts in the direction and and how things are going to work with FreeSync. so i think you'll want to be paying attention not only for the great information the particularly uh particularly awesome hosting that i will be doing uh of antal who will be in town uh to to talk with us but also we're going to have some prizes right now we have one lined up which is a pixio px277 it's 25 by 1444 hertz va free sync panel uh, I think it's like a 399 MSRP. We're going to give one of those away. And we're trying to get another uh, set of uh, of uh, options here. So, again, that is – it's going to be Tuesday, June 19th, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. And, uh, again, if you want a reminder for that, I'm going to send an email out probably tomorrow or Friday to the to the PC Per Live mailing list. Hey, here's this thing. It's going to have prizes. You're going to want to put this on your calendar uh, and then, obviously, if you if you can't watch it live, we'll have it on demand for you after the fact as well. And if you have questions for AMD about FreeSync, about FreeSync technology, or whatever else, you know, kind of tertiary subjects to that, leave them in the comments of this post. Leave them in the comments of this post on PCPer.com, um, so we can ask them. We've got a couple of them in there. Uh, also, one correction to a typo in, on the page, which was which was my fault. Mm. Uh, but yes, AMD will be there to talk FreeSync. It's going to be awesome. So let's let's do that. And now, merch. if only if only more people would embrace FreeSync, I could have cheaper, better monitors already. It's, it's true. It's true. And then, of course, we do have to mention the merch. We've got our PC per T-shirts. This is all at JoshTech.com. J-O-S-H-T-E-K-K.com. Um, there's a Teespring link, but I already forgot it. And you can get T-shirts. You can get mugs. You can get Josh Tech, uh, Josh Walrus uh, posters as he holds a steering wheel. Yeah. Did you show this to your wife yet? Yes, she wants a shirt. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> that is fantastic. All right, all right. Let's get into the stuff because there's a lot, a lot to get to here. Um, Computex is done, but we have some news items left over from last week. But we also have a lot of uh, specific content to talk through. The first being uh, another iteration of Intel NVMe RAID, not VROC. 
as apparently not VROC, as I was corrected. So VROC, for people who don't remember, is CPU-attached solid-state drive RAID on X299 chipset motherboards. Yeah. It was basically, instead of having to connect your M.2 um, uh, uh, SSDs through the chipset, Mm-hmm. You can directly attach them, to the, attach them to the CPU, which is interesting because it, it requires some logic on the firmware CPU side to really be able to handle that. And well, you and happen to come across a like a BIOS change guide for an ASUS board? Yeah, we were looking. We were updating the BIOS on one of our ASUS E370 boards from some upcoming testing we were doing. And just like to be on the latest BIOS when we do that stuff normally, kind of have the typical consumer experience. Yeah. And we saw I saw a weird item in the patch notes that said support for raid on cpu function in z370 series and went well that's not a thing i wonder how that works yeah. and we started digging into it and it's actually pretty fascinating so i guess this is rock not v rock raid on, raid on CPU. cpu but it's yeah. it, it doesn't do the virtualization of yeah so apparently to be called v rock the platform has to have these vmds these intel volume management devices which kind of the it's like a intermediary layer that the SSDs connect through. Okay. And you can you ha- can have multiple VMDs, and you actually see a performance hit if you RAID across different VMDs. So if you have, like, four drives in X299 platform, if they're on different VMDs, you can see different performance penalties and stuff like that. Z370 okay. doesn't have any of this, so it's a lot simpler implementation. Uh, you have RAID 0 and RAID, RAID 1, no RAID 5. For the Z370 implementation yeah. here. Which, if you think, if you remember back to the X299 stuff, you had to have a dongle to unlock RAID 5 and RAID 1. Oh, sure. Right. None of that here. They don't have, you don't even have the ability to provide a dongle. So, like, there's not a dongle port on these motherboards because it's kind of a new addition that was unexpected. Now, what's interesting to me about this, or what was interesting to us about this, was that you could already do M.2 RAID on motherboards that had two M.2 slots, Z370, but they were all went through the chipset. So you were limited by your peak theoretical throughput of, what, 4 gigs a second, 3.8 gigs per second, uh, or something Essentially like that. a single by 4 link. So if you're rating 2 by 2 SSDs, like 2 Optane 800Ps, you wouldn't hit the bandwidth threshold. But if you're rating 2 970 Evos, you would hit the bandwidth threshold pretty quickly. Yeah. And you would still see improvements to, like, IOs, IOPS, but you wouldn't necessarily see peak throughput. Okay. So right. at lower QDAPs, if you're running RAID 0 with 2 970 Evos, you would see better performance, but... You would still have that ceiling. It's also worth noting that we did this discovery process, this testing process, without really any input from Intel, because yeah. we assumed it was something that you know Asus did on their own, or kind of like, hey, we could kind of tweak this and get this working. Honestly, and we had not we had not been communicated huh. by Intel at all that this was a feature that was upcoming or something that would be coming, you know, to other Z three seventy boards. And it wasn't until after we published it, right, that we got any feedback. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, hey, by the way, yeah, you know, you're calling it VROC. Don't call it VROC. It's actually Intel Rapid Storage Technology for CPU attached Intel PCIe storage. Rolls off the tongue. It's just fine. They should have a good acronym for it. I-R-S-T-C-A-I-P-S. Somebody type that out and figure out what that happens to be. Uh, I think it might have craps in it. So maybe don't. That's probably not. Maybe they wouldn't do that that way. <laughs> um, so what are the, what's different about it? What are the limitations? Like what are the, what are the, the differences from what we've seen in before? Uh, primarily, it's difficult to hook multiple SSDs up to PCI Express, CPU-connected PCI Express lanes on Z370 because as you – Remember, you only have 16 lanes of PCI Express for this. Oh, sure. So if you go for a normal configuration, you have your GPU in the primary top slot, 
running it by 16, mm-hmm. and then there you go, right? You don't really have anything else. Now, these platforms do support SLI, so you could do a by eight by eight, by eight configuration. Uh, so it having... gives you two by fours yeah. for And each. if you use a Ryza card like the one we're showing in the review here, you can bifurcate, assuming the motherboard supports it, and kind of break that by eight link into two by four links. Okay. Which will allow you to get two SSDs. We are actually having some problem getting that working with a GPU with a primary slot and the two SSDs in the secondary slot. We are having one SSD only link at buy one. It was just kind of a weird bug. So what we did is we moved to integrated graphics. Okay. So we put this HyperM.2, this bifurcation card, in the primary PCI Express slot. So we had all of the lanes. Got it. And then we kind of ran our testing. It still seems to be limited to two drives, even if you have it, even if you have the available lanes, like... We had 16 lanes available, but we could still only get two drives. And they had to be in this really weird configuration. So if you look at the card, oh, the, the yeah. bottommost port is port one going up to port four towards the top of the card. It had to be in one and three, which is strange, but it's, this is documented in the motherboard manual as like, oh, if you want to use this card, this configuration you have to use it in, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Is, is that some sort of weird interaction between PLX and the riser board? Well, there's no PLX happening here. It just... I don't know. It doesn't. Thanks, Alexa. <laughs> Alexa, you are great. Other limitations involve you can only use Intel SSDs. Was that that's still the case with VRock, right? Uh, or did they get kind of sort that? of? We've had we've like, I think bootable. You could only do Intel SSDs on VRock. Mm, we've definitely right. had yeah. non-Intel SSDs working in some capacity on VRock. Got it. And that's a pity because RST would work with any SSD. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. the chipset RAID would work with any huh. SSD. I, I, I swear that when we first tried this a couple, like uh, probably a month ago at this point, we had Samsung drives working, not bootable, but I could not replicate it at all. So cool. it kind of left out of the review. It really doesn't seem to be re- re- supported in this configuration. Yeah. So you have Intel drives only, which if you think about Intel's current M.2 <laughs> SSD lineup, limits you kind of on the bandwidth side because mm-hmm. they don't have a, well, okay, they have one sort of M.2 drive that takes advantage of a by4 interface and has one, the 760p. As it turns out, we didn't have two matching capacity uh, 760p's yeah. in the office. So we just kind of went with the two 32 gig the two Optane, Optane memory modules. Yep. Trying to see peak performance out of this. Obviously, you won't get the peak bandwidth, but you'll see the mm-hmm. latency effects mm-hmm. because these are super low latency Optane drives. So we went ahead and created RAID 0 volume... And then we pitted it against the chipset RAID and also AMD's sort of CPU-attached NVMe RAID on X470, which we took a look at back when X470 came out a couple of months ago. Okay. And the results are interesting. So if you if you go ahead and look, we're looking at... Oh, this one here? Yeah, we're looking at random read latency here. And while for a single drive... All of the platforms are pretty similar, as you would expect. When you go to two drives in a RAID 0 configuration, the ROC, the RAID attached to the CPU, is actually less latent than going through the chipset, which has previously been seen as a highly optimized path for RAID. Intel has some fixed-function hardware, and they're helping out with the RAID in the chipset. But just kind of the pure brute force of using the cpu to do the rate calculations and connecting it directly to the most the least late let sorry the least, least latent, latent connection mm-hmm. directly to the cpu actually saw an advantage here 
Huh. Mm -hmm. And is that duplicated in the IOPS results? Looks like yeah, IOPS yeah. pretty much follow. Okay, you see slight advantages to sequential, pretty even across the board. Yeah, everything's the damn same. All of the lines are yeah stacked on that. So what was the takeaway from this? Is this something you would ever actually recommend somebody do on their system? If it worked without Intel drives, it'd be cool. Yeah, and as long as we can figure out how to do it with the discrete yeah. graphics card installed. Yeah, if, yeah. If, you could, if you had the discrete GPU working at by 8 which would be plenty, really, for any modern application yeah. running a GPU, and you had two 970 Evos in one of these cards in the secondary slot, it'd be a really compelling platform. And that's what you can do on an AMD platform. Right. It's just... This seems like a really, really half-baked thing right now. I've only seen it on Asus BIOSes. It does require BIOS-level integration. I haven't seen it on anyone else's. This almost seems to me like a Z390 feature that is like being silently beta-tested in Z370 <laughs> BIOSes. Yeah, it could be. I, I just can't explain it any other way. It feel, but honestly, original VROC felt like that, too. Yeah. Because they just never released a chipset. Yeah. Like a new chipset to take advantage of that beta. Exactly. But Yeah. Yeah. interesting stuff check out that write-up that ken uh ken put up there if you're if you want to check it out uh alan's not here to talk about it so i'll just mention it real briefly toshiba rc100 m.2 this is a 240 gig 480 gig ssd um th this is so it's an nvme ssd but what's interesting about it is how teeny tiny they are these are 20, so small. 2242 so they're what 42 millimeter long yeah. I believe uh, interfaces. that's the smallest I think it is. SSD spec, at least. I think the Wi-Fi cards might go a little smaller than that. Uh, let's see. No, let's see. It would they... almost be a disappointing gum stick to chew on. Oh, no. So at 2230. It does say 2230. Okay. Yeah, he does mention 2230 as an option there. So in terms of performance, these are, uh, these are, these are by two parts. Sure. Right. So you're limited, you know, 16, uh, 1.6 gigabytes per second read, 1.1 gigabytes per second writes for the, for the top capacity. Um, so you're not looking at the same, same performance levels you would get with some of the by four products, but this is, this is really uh, Toshiba slash OCZs, you know, getting their new Bix flash into more devices, uh, getting this new form factor out. And you can kind of tell right now, um, by looking at that picture there, comparing it to the 970 Evo, which is the full size. What is that? 2280? Uh, I think so. I think it's what it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, 80 millimeter. So, you know, for, for space-constrained systems, which I, I will honestly say there's not a whole lot of those right now. It really comes down to small form factor systems. Uh, so we asked Sebastian about this, and honestly, he said most of the small form factor systems that that they've that he's looked at are twenty two forty two, but also SATA. SATA only. Yeah, not PCIe NVMe. I so mean, that, that can kinda... be half because the drives didn't exist. Right. Ha yes, that, and also just whatever chipsets those systems yeah. were using maybe weren't there. But I expect that when those those platforms get updated, they will support PCIe and NVMe SSDs in there. Uh, and you can see that you know the the performance kind of matched up with expectations in terms of what the uh, what the specs were. Um, if I look at Alan's not here to direct me. Let me just go to here. Um, so, so it looked like this part had that slightly jittery caching issue we've seen previously, mm -hmm. didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that yeah, one. There you go. Yep. Ha cache performance inconsistent when it came to intermittent sixty second writes with varying idles. 
In some passes, it took a few seconds before seeing SLC speeds kick in, um, but it did double uh, the data rate for, what's, what do you say? We saw over double the data rate for 15 to 20 gigs worth of sequential writing. So you can see, like, yeah, here it's wrote slow, picked up speed, and then went down. And then, like, only this last one did it kind of accelerate at the beginning for uh, going back down to that. And that's this this it's, last. It's trying to be here. healthy because interval training is, you know, the best <laughs> way to train. It's all the rage now. Yeah. Yeah. That seems fair. Um, so the performance is okay, not great, but. It, in terms of if you have a need for this type of performance and this type of form factor, there's kind of no other options. There's like an OEM Samsung, Samsung drive. PM 971 yeah. or something like that. Which is a by drive. Yeah. Uh, pricing so you could on this say you've got good. the need the need for mediocre speed. Yeah. In tiny places. Yes. Right. So take that, take that for what you will. Um, so check out that review. Alan has posted it. He is not here, but it is up on the website. Speaking of storage... We're not going to talk to Alan about this. One. We're going to talk to Ken about this one. Accelerating secondary storage with Intel Optane memory. We've already talked about Optane memory. We can walk mm-hmm. through. We can run through a lot of this. Yeah. Uh, using you know 16, 32, or 64 gig Optane drives, what they call Optane memory, to accelerate spinning disks, mm-hmm. rust, skinning, ru- spinning rust buckets, whatever you want to call it, hard drives. That's exactly what I want to call it. Uh, but they added a new feature last month, I guess, that enabled you or gave you the ability to enable Optane caching on, on non-primary drives. Exactly. So instead of forcing you to only accelerate your boot drive, you could accelerate your secondary drive where you had games or photos or whatever else you want to have on there. And you went through some testing with this to try to see, well, you know, could we get workloads that, that match it? Yeah, this, this is one of the things that a lot of people are asking for when Optane memory acceleration caching, whatever you want to call it, was announced. Like, Okay, I already have a nice SATA SSD or an NVMe SSD for my boot drive that I'm satisfied with, but I have this 8-terabyte hard drive that I shucked out of an external drive at Best Buy on sale, yeah. and I have all my scene days on it. I would like that to go a little faster, please. Yeah. And we saw AM- like a AMD Store by Technology would allow you to address a secondary drive, and that right. was released, uh, what, it's March at this point? Yep. A couple of months ago. So Intel is kind of really missing the boat here, but they finally updated their Optane memory software to enable external drive caching. Mm. So we went ahead. They sent over a test platform based on an 8700K with a with one of the new 64 gigabyte Intel oh, Optane right. modules. The bigger ones. So the first time we've seen that. And a one terabyte Western Digital Black. So even like a really good case for the hard drive, a black, a, a fast hard drive, It was at the slowest 5400 RPM spinning drive you could get. Exactly. Yeah. So scenarios we were looking for, it's kind of weird. You need a scenario where you have a lot of large files that benefit from speed. So having your Plex drive on an external, is your, the disk I.O. isn't really a bottleneck, right? You're streaming off yeah. 1080p yeah. videos. It's not really going to be a bottleneck. Gaming can be a bottleneck with level load times. Uh, Ashes of the Singularity Escalation is one that over the past couple of years we found is has a really long initial load mm-hmm. when you when you start up the game when the splash screen, and if you look here by just by enabling Optane caching, we actually saw a speed up on the initial load. So even before it got into the cache, we just enabled Optane memory, started up the game, which was installed on the hard drive, and we saw a twenty three percent decrease in load times. Huh. And then the second time we launched it, we saw another similar decrease. 
getting to less than half of the initial load time after we had launched the game twice. And this is, we launched the game, timed it, reboot so that the, the contents would get out of They're RAM. Out of memory, right. Get out of RAM because yeah. that would obviously speed it up a lot. And then we would measure the time again. Interesting. So, right. so pretty good. Uh, another interesting data point that we took a look at was Lightroom. So that's a photo cataloging uh, application. You ingest a bunch of photos into it. In this case, it was 500 raw images from our Sony A7S II. And this is interesting because you can't really cache it because you do an import once, right? So you, it's not an action you do again. However, enabling option caching did accelerate sort of the initial write of keeping the Lightroom library on a secondary drive. It's, again, almost half here. So hmm. pretty impressive sort of speed-ups here. You looked at PC Mark. In overall, there was not a lot of result change here. But if you looked at individual tests, yeah, uh, the essentials test, the app startup, app startup seeing the biggest gap kind of makes sense. Makes sense. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. But it's nice to see from PC Mark because it's kind of a controlled scenario to prevent things like caching in RAM and stuff like that. It's supposed to be a true experience, a sort of a quantifiable benchmark. So it's nice to see such a big gain here going by turning on opt-in caching. Right. right. And then uh, store MI comparison, you did include some of that here. Any any of these particularly stand out? Like, what's what do you think? Uh, so, since these things that we've tested are CPU affected, we are we're looking at percent gain here. Oh, right. So it's not a, a an actual number. Yeah, you yeah. can't compare apples to apples because the CPU does have an effect on things like loading games and, and overall some configurations there. But we looked at sort of the percent gain or percent decrease in some in some <laughs> cases, right? So by turning on store my caching with the same Optane memory module and the same hard drive, we actually saw a twenty-one second or twenty-one percent decrease in initial load time. Yeah, obviously is less than ideal. However, when we enabled on the second load, we saw a fifty-nine percent increase over the initial speed. So it's fifty-nine percent faster. Yes, and just right. loading off the hard it wasn't drive. Longer, it wasn't 59% longer, correct, it was 59% correct. faster. Got it, okay. Which, compared to the yeah. 24% we saw with Optane, Ooh, Velveeta. pretty good. Sorry, Velveeta mm-hmm. ad distracted me. But, right. I mean, the the ads we're seeing are like four times faster. Yeah, not quite that. Doesn't seem to be the case, but still, I mean, that's a big difference. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you'll, you'll notice that. If, if it's a game you play often and it sits in your cache, <laughs> you'll definitely notice that. Uh, Lightroom looked like it saw bigger gains with the 8700, just a couple, a handful yeah. of percentage with the 2700X. Same thing with, uh, I guess, no, that was interesting. So the second runs weren't any faster? Yeah. PC Mark seems to be pretty resistant to caching, like we said. I think said. that's it, kind of its goal. Yeah. 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 They don't want to. Yeah. It's technology like that. So let me to... ask you this again. Is this something you would actually tell people to do? <laughs> this is absolutely something I would tell people to do. 35 bucks for a 32 gig Optane module. You have a spare M.2 yeah. slot in your PC. It's a no-brainer. It's basically, I, I would look at this almost as like, hey, accelerate that game that you play the most. Whatever it happens to be that week. Yeah. Right? You know, 32 gigs is going to be at least that game, um, depending on what you're doing. And, you know, you want to yeah. load PUBG faster? You want to load uh, Fortnite faster? I don't know what yeah. do kids play these I, days. Those are the only two games that exist, I think. <laughs> and it's or, like, I mean, hell, you got a, a business machine, and you know they just upgraded you, so they're not going to spend a lot of money on you. 
but they did give you a four terabyte hard drive. It's like, guys, like 35 bucks. Yeah. Boom. I'm happy as I could be. Yeah. And I mean, if you're a little cheaper, you could get the 16 gig module. I don't know what it goes yeah. for, but you'll still see like some 20, increase. 25. Yeah. yeah. I, I think the 32 is the sweet spot currently. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's available on Intel platforms now. If you have an X470 board, you get the Story of My stuff for free. If you have an older AMD board, I think it's 20 bucks. It's like a reduced cost license. Yeah. So you're up to 55 then. But I mean, I'm pretty impressed yeah. overall. Like it, it seems to work. I think it's a more reasonable use case for people than sort of the for enthusiasts than the Optane primary drive caching. Because you're likely using a fast SSD yeah. anyway as your primary. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That makes sense. So check out that testing. That's on the website as well. Optane acceleration of secondary drives. Uh, real quick, Chris posted a review of the Corsair Void Pro RGB wireless gaming headset. Uh, this is a $99. Actually, I think as I looked today when I published it, it was on sale for $79. Uh, a wireless gaming headset. Uh, it's got the RGB on it, so you know that it's a good sign. Uh, another, it's a very familiar look and style. If you've seen any of the reviews that we've posted, of course, their headsets as of late. Um, but obviously, uh, uh, you know, wireless this time around, it does have the support for the Dolby, uh, for Dolby headphones, 7.1 surround kind of the, I always call it like faux surround, but they do a lot of processing on there. I don't know exactly how you would, how you would classify we kind of talk about this. We kind of talked about this earlier sure. today in the chat. Every gaming headset has 3D audio, and I don't get it. I mean, I... You know, they're they're all taking the Ariel 3D stuff and <laughs> dumbing it down it and <laughs> slapping it on there and yeah. calling it good. I think Crap. the idea is is actually really compelling. Yeah. right. I haven't tried it in a long time, so maybe it's a little better yeah. than I remember, but... Yeah. Uh, so that review is up there. It got a good good marks from Chris. Uh, especially it's 99 bucks uh, when he wrote it was $79 when you see it there. Uh, but, but, but a good look at that. So check that out on the website before we get to uh, our news items of the week or no, our last story, we did get a Patreon, mm. a new Patreon uh, pledge of $5 from Josh crashed on my, crashed on my couch last week and it still soaked. And it still sucked. Soaked. 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 Oh, well, yeah. You know, I'm older. I forgot to wear my Depends, and I drank a lot that night, times. and I didn't feel like moving, so I apologize. <sighs> but it's mainly just water. I mean, you know. That's why my that's why the uh, the futon in the other room is like pleather, right? So it just rolls off. Yeah, to the floor, the carpet. Yeah. to the carpeted floor. Just put some newspapers <laughs> down. It's fine. Uh, this carpet won't absorb anything. So we uh, on to the next story. We do not have a review of the Intel Core i7 8086K for you today. Um, instead, we not have, for lack of trying. As it that's, turns that's out, it's very true. Uh, instead, we have a uh, a kind of mix of results of things that didn't go great. Uh, what is it? The school for kids who can't read too good. That type of deal. Yeah. Um, this is this is uh, an article for processors that don't compute too good. Um, the so I don't know how to say this. We went out and bought this processor. Intel wasn't sending out these units to reviewers. It sort of popped up on Amazon and Newegg on Friday. I saw they had it at Micro Center. Yeah. I drove up there on Friday evening and we bought took one. a physical car to a physical location to buy a physical processor. 
And then with we, a physical that's intern, Can I to go interact with people let you down at like this. Ken, Ken fought with this processor all weekend. We fought with it all, you know, Monday, Tuesday, and today, trying to get it to work. The problem we're having with this is not that it's not booting; it boots. We can't get it to boost correctly. It, uh, it only we've never seen it boost to five gigahertz, and it, even when you're running a single threaded benchmark that you set manually set affinity to one thread. All of the cores spike up to 4.5, 4.4 gigahertz, yeah. and it runs the whole thing. And so we ran through our whole gamut of tests, and we never there was there was never a place where the single threaded performance was higher on the 8086 than the 8700K. Yeah. Now that being well, said, have you have you have you tried turning it off and on again? Oh we did. shit! No, we did. We tried. Oh, okay. We tried different did, motherboards. Did you did you spread the heat sink compound evenly across the entire heat you know spread? By heat sink compound, it. do you mean peanut butter? Yes. So, I, yes. No, yes. Actually, mayonnaise has a better mm. coefficient and uh, will be more efficient for mm. you know uh, what what you're doing. And finally, uh-huh. finally, uh-huh. can't wait. Did, did you use the uh, the Hi- Hyper Two Twelve X? Because no. that's the ultimate cooler, right? It is the ultimate thirty dollars cooler. Um, <laughs> no, we were using we were using Corsair H what H one fifteen, yeah, something like that. Um, Should have tried the Wraith Ripper. We tried different motherboards. <laughs> we tried different BIOSes. Different we tried OS installs. New OS installs. Um, a lot of MEI versions. A ton of settings. Yeah, we were we were fighting with ASUS and, and Gigabyte on this. Um, now that being said, so we ha- we had trouble with like the part not working. There there being essentially not essentially zero percent difference between it and what an eighty seven hundred K would do. Yeah, um, and in some cases a little bit behind. And even despite our best attempts to want to use funny pictures with an eighty eighty six K, I ordered this eighty eighty six K for eleven dollars and seventy five cents, and this is the only photo I got to <laughs> use non-K. it on. You ordered the non K for eleven dollars. Yeah. yeah, that yeah. makes more sense. I got the K. Uh, for eleven dollars, I would highly recommend the Core i seven eighty eighty six K. But what? Um, that's a nineteen seventy six product. Yeah, look it, at that. It, uh, as it turns out, someone on Twitter pointed out it's probably a fake because nineteen seventy six is not the copyright for an eighty eighty six. Oh, nuts! <laughs> but you know, oh well, whatever. Um, so we we had a bunch of results. They didn't show any differences. We were starting to fight with it, and then we started to see uh, like the non tech review went up, the tech report review went up, and we realized yep. that. Uh, I, I don't you weren't think alone. They well, well the announced no. tech review showed very little single-threaded performance scaling difference. Tech report showed a little bit more mm-hmm. scaling in it, and then we realized that in actuality, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter, right? The the eighty eighty six K only differs from the eighty seven hundred K by three hundred megahertz at one core. Uh, clock setting, right? Which you're virtually never at. Yeah. The when one thread is is enabled, it runs at five gigahertz. The eighty seven hundred K runs at four point seven. Yeah. When you go down to two cores being active, you're at four point six. Three cores, four point six. Four cores, four point five. Whatever it is, and the eighty seven hundred K and the eighty eighty six K track perfectly with each other. So um, only in the instance where you are um, running it. A single-threaded workload, which is hard to do, like a purely single-threaded environment, yeah. which is really hard to do in Windows. And even Jeff at Tech Report pointed out that like it was really hard to do unless you manually set affinity to that task, because otherwise yeah. you get thread bouncing, moving around, There's and it kind of, of keeps the cores uh, alive. So not only would it only have ever mattered in like Cinebench single-thread uh, results, 
it would be identical performance across the board otherwise. And what was this selling for four that's four twenty five now, yeah. I think, on Newegg. And so it's you know it's sixty, so, seventy bucks more yeah. than an eighty seven hundred K. So it's a special edition, limited edition. It's got a nicer box for whatever that's, that's worth. Uh, a nice note from Brian Krasanich in there. Yep. Yeah. Um but it doesn't offer you anything. And also from the overclocking that we did with it, because after we couldn't get it to work at its stock setting, I said, okay, you know what? Put it at 5.2, 5.3 all cores. We'll run this as an overclocking test. We could, we could only get it to 5.1 stable. Um, yeah. Which, which is what our 8700K. I think the voltages hit. were maybe a bit better, but... Yeah. yeah. And well, over- I mean, maybe you heard something more from Jeff, but for his testing, that's what he did was manually overclock it too. I, reading between the lines, I think he gave up on trying to do it on the automatic way and just went straight out manual overclock. Yeah, yeah. It, it, and I, got I think pretty much get, the exact same you yeah. did. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, 5.1 is pretty good for an 8700K if you look at just kind of general parts out there. Yeah. It's not like the best we've ever seen. Yeah. yeah so it sort of makes this thing literally just a well-binned... 8700k that you can but, overclock but not right. even like oh my god this is so much better at overclocking yes yeah, like, if you're only it's gonna make fifty thousand of them it's you'd think good. it'd be like really good but yeah go ahead alex so was the the overclocking done was that on a closed loop or a air cooler an all-in-one water cooler all-in-one water cooler the same I mean, thing we, we, always we had the temperatures where we needed it like in the 70 to 80 range um but every time we hit five anytime we wanted to hit 52 on the multiplier instead of fifty one, it would it would it would blue screen. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't think the eighty. I mean, if you want to be nuts and pull out the liquid nitrogen, I don't. Uh, Bauer hit seven gigahertz. Yeah. Which, uh, which like his eighty eighty six k overclock on LN two was worse than his eighty seven hundred k overclock. The eighty seven hundred k he hit seven point three. Yeah. So it's actually going slower than that. He says, "Well, I had more time with them, so yeah, he might be able to match it." Yeah. The chances of beating it in any reasonable or any normal or ah, any noticeable I, way. I think, I think it's pretty obvious that the 8086K is a, it's a limited edition, you know, fans of Intel who get the, who get the joke of the name, the 8086. Um, yeah. It's, I was really excited for this. I, I was too. And now I'm just bummed. And out. I thought, cause I thought that 300 megahertz difference was going to permeate throughout the entire in yeah. like at every at every point it was going to be 300 megahertz higher and i was like okay that's you know that's that's a reasonable percentage mm-hmm. and if it clo- overclocks a little bit better then hey great yeah um but that's it, it was it was it was not the case so we still have no, this wait, part next year for the i9 8088 yeah <laughs> yeah I'm looking forward to that one uh so we'll have some follow-up on this we're going to do some more stuff probably we got another how many of these chips do you got we had, one. we had we had two. Oh, I thought you had two. Well, we, we had, had two. two. They both did the exact same thing. Yeah, um, we had two. That's like the classic joke. You don't know it? Are you gonna tell me? <clears throat> Balls said the king. If I had two, I could be king. Said the queen. The king laughed. He had two. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's fine. That's a good play on words. I like that one. Oh, that's good. And you delivered it well. It's true. There, was, there wasn't there wasn't a stutter. What you didn't like have to think and misspeak or anything. That was good. That was a good job, Josh. I've been practicing that for twenty years, so you know. And he's qualified to be twenty-five. Uh, all right. Next story into the news we go. Uh, more Intel stuff. There's a lot of Intel stuff on this on this podcast. Yeah. Uh, Intel confirms its first discrete graphics chips will uh, land 
will be available in 2020, as first reported by this analyst guy on MarketWatch. Uh, that's not an analyst. That's Raja. That's Raja. That's a pretty funny picture, though. And he's, like he's happy. He, he he's a happy that. man. Yeah, he does look happy. Uh, look at that. He's, he's got all the facial hair. He's, he's got grins going on. He's, he's got a transparent. Who has transparent name cards? Intel does. I mean, no. it's white. That's worth like $20,000 a year it's, and, and it's white. just to get that. It's white. It, the background no, it's happens it's to be white. Look, you can see his fingers. It's in a badge it's, holder. It's in a badge holder. It's in like it's a plastic badge holder. Screw you. Whatever. Uh, Intel CEO Brian Krasanich disclosed during an analyst event last week that it will have its first discrete graphics chips available in 2020. This will mark the beginning of the gi- chip giant's journey towards a portfolio of high-performance graphics products in various markets, including gaming and data center and AI. Uh, so a couple of things that are new in this, in this information that I got was, one, 2020 confirmed. Uh, two... CES 2019, effing crazy talk. Yeah. Like, there, there were a yeah. lot of rumors like, oh, they're going to – I don't know what it was. I think it was when, like, Arctic Sound and those other rumors started rumors circulating. Rumors going to, like, pull up a data center-centric yeah. AI part. Yeah. That's not, not going to happen, guys. Uh, not CES 2019. So people who thought that, sorry about that. And then uh, confirming that, yes, they were going to address client and – enterprise applications with gpu tech it was kind of you know a question right they when they brought on raja they they mentioned discrete gpu but they didn't say if it was for gaming or if it was for professional visualization or if it was for you know machine learning ai and the answer is all of the all of the above now they wouldn't give you any they wouldn't give me any more information about which one's going to come first and you know what performance segments are you categorizing or targeting uh all that's still to come obviously 2020 is a long way away um but it's it was interesting to see that finally come out. Sets a nice timetable for us. It sets a nice timetable for NVIDIA and AMD about when do you have to start questioning these things. Um, I think if you're AMD and NVIDIA, you're probably not you're not super concerned about this yet. Yeah. I think it would be really, really difficult, but also really, really, really impressive if it happened. If Intel got this right on the first try, like got it really right. Hardware side, software side, yeah. partnership side. That's a that's a big it that, is. that's a big hill hill to climb. Intel's got a ton of money. They got a ton of engineers. They can they they if anybody was going to be able to do this, it's, it's going to be them. Yeah. Uh, but that being said, man, is that tough to do? And you and, well, you and, know what? And they can't be they can't be you know fifty percent slower and release it and be anything but pooped on as a result. Right, like they know they have to, they have to be competitive, right? If Nvidia is still the number one, and Intel is maybe like tied with AMD or vice versa, that would be that's incredible. Fine. That would be that would be that would be fine. But if but if Nvidia's performance one and AMD's performance point nine and Intel's performance point seven, that's not good, right? Um, so it, it would be really interesting. Any thoughts on this, you Josh? It, yeah, I do, uh, because um, I'll let you go ahead. Before that, you know, they've bought companies, they've they've kept people in the groups, they've had leadership that has gone up through the ranks in Intel, and we've seen the results of that. I mean, uh, what, Larrabee were a, just a bunch of small Pentium cores that had big vector units attached to them, and it was a big mess. Um, they used their, their process technology to 
get it to where it would be as fast as it possibly could. And it was, yeah, it was about 50% to 75% of the performance of a high-end NVIDIA or AMD card or ATI at the time, whichever. But it pulled in as much power, if not yeah. more. And it was incredibly inefficient for what it was aimed at. Um, they had programmable pretty much everything, except they threw in some texture units later on. And uh, the difference here is that they brought in external people who have actually done high-end graphics in the past and have paid them a lot of money and given them a lot of engineering talent around them to do these things. And so while I'm not convinced the first generation is going to be great, it's going to be a far better product than Intel has ever done in the past. I mean... You can go back to the what the i seven forty, uh, the the Starfighter group that they bought from Lockheed, I believe. I don't remember who they bought it for. I remember that graphics card. I had one of those cards. Yeah, I had one too. And then they had, uh, you know, it came out late because they threw on these AGP two X uh, features on it that it really didn't particularly need. And uh, you know, the 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 big push was, uh, you know, memory is expensive. We can give you these AGP. Uh, features and we're going to have a competitive card that's going to be cheaper because it doesn't have and need as much memory well that didn't work out because the engineering behind it was too slow in getting it going and even though it was you know kind of voodoo graphics um type performance you know they were dealing with voodoo 2 tnt uh banshee stuff that that really was much much faster and again, uh, software support is still an area. Yeah. So Intel has got, you know, they've, they've got the resources, but they're going to have to focus down a lot of stuff. They're going to have to invest in new areas of software that they have yep. not really done before. I mean, sure, they have integrated graphics and they've got pretty decent software for that. Yeah. But it's a whole new ballgame. And, and not it only is. that, but then you've got to, you've got to port over to this architecture into non-gaming areas if you want to compete against AMD and NVIDIA in 2020. I actually think they probably have a better chance of that taking some market share because of their their channel distribution, their partnerships with the Xeon brand. They have they have a way easier path in than AMD does. NVIDIA's already created that path for itself. Yeah. AMD's got to bring it up. But they've obviously got some good compiler guys in real time. They compiler do. And, yeah. and, Dude, so and, and Intel, that's... if they can offer a GPU of any kind of reasonable performance level, they now have this breadth of portfolio for AI products that nobody else has, right? From Xeon to GPU to Mavidius to the Nirvana NP, NNP, uh, all these different things that they're working on. There's a little bit of a throw at stuff at the wall and see what sticks mentality. But if you have one more thing to throw, you've got one more chance that something sticks well, and so. like hitting the big time. <laughs> they're already developing a software ecosystem around the idea, in, at least in deep learning, of having that ecosystem. I think it's called OpenVINO is the framework they've right been talking once, about recently. Run anywhere type deal. Yeah, so it's you write your OpenCV code and then you kind of compile it to whatever target you want, whether it's an Intel iGPU at this point or a CPU or a Movidius accelerator or something, anything like that. Yeah. And it will sort of automatically optimize your OpenCV vision code to whatever platform. And just think about them extending that to a more broad deep learning approach and then having GPUs to offer gives it like a nice portfolio of options 
that could be very compelling yep. to go with Intel for. So hopefully Raj will come out here soon again. <laughs> tell me all about it. Sometime, you know, before the end of 2018, come out and tell me all about the plans for 2020 and what performance levels are going to be at, what, what they're going to cost. Mm-hmm. I think That's Raja, exactly how public companies work. We've got lots of bourbon here still. I was going to say, you better buy some of the. I'll buy a nicer bottle, <laughs> even to to bring him back in. I know, I know he'll he'll be here. If I'm still here, in this spot, he'll come back. Calling it. 2020. Okay. Here eat, we go. You can eat really hot chicken wings. Ryan confirms Raja will land in Cincinnati Airport 2020 for interview. Be the next title. All right, let's move on to the next bunch of stuff here if we don't mind uh real quick logitech launched a new g512 mechanical gaming keyboard um jeremy what is what is different about this one from the what did we see recently the g513 right yeah uh chris just did the g513 yeah so if you're curious what it is check out the review the 512 is a thin down model so you don't get that wrist rest you don't get the removable keycap tool and a couple of extra keycaps come with it okay so in theory it's it's going to be a little less expensive right right but the other thing is that uh the one that chris did was their linear uh aka you know cherry reds more or less with their romer g's uh so you just get the the feel of the mechanical switch but no click they've also got them with the click for a while, the sort of the brown equivalent, or sorry, the the bump at the end, but not the click. Okay. So what they announced today was the Romer G Blues, which are going to have not just that bump at the end, but an audible click. And now they've so got if, my interest. Yeah. So if you huh. really like that feel, this will be the equivalent of well, Cherry Blues. Strangely enough. Does the audible click do something for you guys? Oh, no. it does something yes. for me. Well, it does, <laughs> it but it's not me good. Of the first PS2 keyboard that I, I tapped on at some uh, yeah, dentist's office in 1987. Yeah. It was wonderful. Yeah, yeah but right. I mean... It makes me so, want to throw things at people. You felt so productive when you Fundamentally, yeah. Fundamentally, though, if you could have the... Ex- if it were the exact same feel without the click, you would prefer that, right? Probably, but it isn't. No, because that's 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 you know you're not annoying yourself with the clicks. You're you annoying everyone key- around you. Correct. Yourself. Correct. The, the clicks are are it's reinforcing how productive you are, <laughs> and therefore you become <laughs> even more productive the more clicks that you hear. It's it's a positive feedback loop. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I thought it was Ryan that got clicks paid for clicks, <laughs> not us. Heck yeah. Uh, what about this Logitech <laughs> G Hub? Is that anything, Jeremy? Uh, so for the longest time, they've had LightSync and they've had LGS, the Logitech gaming software that yeah. we've all known for joysticks and mice and that. And they sort of bolted on the the, color, the control of your RGBs through it. So right now you can go uh, and over to Logitech and sign up for the pre-release version of G-Hub, which is a, a new interface for programming all of your various light shows and stuff that they say is going to be interesting, except I'm not allowed to see it because it's blocked in Canada. So I couldn't even look at the web page. Interesting. But if you're interested, take a peek at it and uh, program some wonderful light shows with sound effects as you click away. I will. That's I what shall. we all need. Do it now. I did. All right. Uh, Cooler Master at Computex, some, some Cooler Master, some Computex follow-up here at the end, showed a prototype thermoelectric all-in-one cooler. So what was the one we talked about last week? The um, 
Dr. Bauer, uh... Phase change. Yeah. It's a phase change. It's all phase phase shift. Phase shift. There you go. This is a thermoelectric TEC all-in-one prototype. It's sort of like that thermoelectric cooler that Sebastian re- reviewed about a year ago, where it was just sort of integrated, had a PLTA <clears throat> integrated into the... this is much the... larger. Yeah. Right. But it still requires active power. Yeah, cool of course. Yeah, there you go. Oh, there's an old one. Within arm's it works reach. So well Within arm's right, Josh. reach. Check your bingo cards. <laughs> <laughs> and it worked so effectively, didn't it, Josh? No, not particularly. <laughs> <laughs> they never do. So, yeah, exactly. That's yeah. So apparently, this prototype TEC will be rated at 300 watts. Um, which... Is that the draw or how much it dissipates? Uh, I imagine that's the dissipation. I hope so. Um, I only draw 300. Apparently, watts. over at PC World, Gordon was able to do cursory testing with a FLIR camera attached to a smartphone where he saw the cooler demonstrates the ability to cool the water using a loop to 10 to 15 degrees below ambient. Where ambient was like 75 oh. degrees Celsius, okay. which is really hot, by the way. The TEC will draw as much as 150 watts of power. There yeah, you go. but you got that power supply already. Yeah. You've been, you've been over buying power supplies for decades. So now you can actually use this. Jeez, oh, Pete, that's a lot. Um, you know, Tim thinks about using this in an SFF system, but I don't think that it would have to think come down fit. in size yeah. quite a bit yeah. if that were the case. Um, You'd need to put a blower in the case. I mean, if you're in a... Can I just do it a water chiller? If you're in a part of the world <laughs> that is warm, like your ambient temperature is warm, this could make sense. Yeah, the TEC makes yes. more sense there. You know, because because of that, yes, you can apply <laughs> power to it. You can apply a little bit of power to the computer chip to get it to uh, cool down, as opposed to applying power to say, I don't know, your entire building to get the air conditioning and the ambient temperature down. Uh, that's that's kind of the benefit there. Any other anybody else thoughts on this? Let's see. No, nope. I mean, as silly as techs are, I mean, it is literally the only cooler we've got going commercially that will take you below ambient, as long as your ambient is crazily high <laughs> no, i mean shouldn't That's it work the key. What, does it does it matter if your ambient's not crazy high though i would think it would still have the effect yeah Finishing i mean it's, it's still it's still a, a delta change yeah. in, in temperature across you know the electrical yeah, field like that would be yeah. effect i mean it, it doesn't matter if it's 38 degrees outside or 78 you're you're still going to get that change in temperature across the unit yeah i mean it's just physics I like yeah. prototypes. I like them more when they turn into products. Yeah. You're just okay with prototypes? Talk about prototypes that eventually turn into products. Oh, Ta-da. finally. Eh? Good one. Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed it. One segue worked. Okay, isn't, we, we isn't were a little late on this. Isn't it ironic? early on this? Don't you think? Uh, go away from this for a second. I want to search for a picture. Ironic. Where is that, that picture? Nano... I'm going to find it. Hold on. The Nano comes out after Chris Hook leaves amd is it a coincidence do you mean this maybe picture this here picture? maybe they finally found it from his blazer pocket a little too ironic don't you think so is this limited edition is in like one no i don't think so i but, think so if we go back to the actual announcement which is a computex uh amd announced uh at during its press conference that power color is going to make an rx vega 56 nano so it's not its own product it's still a Vega 56. Yeah. It's just in a smaller form factor. And, we, and, and Power Color has been, ship, been shipping this PCB on, like, full length 
Vega 56 nano or Vega 56 mm-hmm. cards for a while. So full length coolers essentially. Yeah. Okay. With this size PCB, so it seemed kind of inevitable that power cooler would be the one to do it. Yeah, and I mean, look, look. I am looking. The Vega product had a. Uh, it has a different lifespan than maybe AMD would have liked it to have, right? It's it's it wasn't as incredibly well received. The Vega 56 is way better, I think, value wise than the 64. Mm-hmm. At least it was at launch when we did all these reviews. Um, so I'm glad to see this finally exist in real life, as opposed to the one that Chris held up. However, yeah. if Chris has that one still, I would love to have that one. No, in no, particular no. He gave Tessa. that to somebody. Oh, yeah, he did. Was it Sweeney? He gave it to Mark Sweeney. Tim, Tim Sweeney. Sweeney. Tim Sweeney. Yeah, yeah. but I bet, I bet they took it from him, like, backstage, <laughs> right? Oh. Well, you know what? You, you have a personal relationship with the man. Ask him. Okay. Do him a favor or two. Hey, Chris, give me that thing. I don't know. I, like, mm. I think this could be interesting. It's, again, the nano design is one of those things that um, small four-factor designs. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's really yeah. where it's useful. Otherwise, it's just you're just you're putting more pressure on a cooler than is necessary yeah. um, if you have more space for it. Uh, but I, I did like the original. What the hell was it called? The Fiji based was it? Just, yeah, it was the Fiji R nine. R nine. Oh, the original R nine nano. nano. Yeah, it's just R9 called R nine nano. Yeah. You're right. Okay. Um, and that actually still has some popularity popularity in the small form factor world. Like people are still using those cards in new builds because it's. The most compact, high-powered card you can have in a lot of these yeah. systems. Huh. But that yeah, lead doesn't hold a lot special. of power. It was, it was, it was, it was kind of a, that was really a unique, yeah, and interesting experiment in let's undervolt everything and see how fast we can still make it, but get it at 150 watt TDP, which is honestly kind of something that's permeated through the community, like a undervolting amd cards is a very popular thing not even yeah. just for mining like rx 580s a lot of people are undervolt and still get really good performance out of but reduce the power draw okay so no. cool because yeah, that leads the- to the obvious question of is there going to be thermal throttling like you guys saw on that r9 i mean probably some level yeah apparently it's going to sell for 449 which i think is the vega 56 kind of running price now Right yeah. or is that fifty bucks more? I think it's fifty dollars uh, more than the MSRP yeah. of the Vega Fifty Six. Um, yeah, I would like to try this out. It's been a while since it's been a long time since we've like reviewed video cards where there's something different about it. Like or this reviewed is, video cards. This is yeah, out. this yeah. is different enough. We can talk about different subsystems and where this could go. And yeah, yeah. I think would be would be. Yeah, and finally, the marketplace is is correcting post. Yeah. Yeah, I bet if you're that, aiming that Nvidia, it actually you're not makes sense for people to buy them. Yeah, and to have actually a review at MSRP. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else do you got from Computex? The Zotac Zbox. Uh, well, since Hop's not making pancakes anymore, Zotac mm-hmm. is. They're still making pancakes. They're just also making <laughs> burgers that are bad. Burgers, right? Uh, Zbox Pico PI two twenty five still tiny. But now available. Anybody want to tell me about this? It's about the size of a two and a half inch SSD, apparently. So for the past two CESs, Intel has showed us something like this: the compute card, which is like an Intel <gasps> reference platform. I, I believe so. Three and yeah. three quarters by two well, and a half. They came out with the compute stick, didn't they? Yeah, mm-hmm. they did have that. I did use that. So the compute card is essentially a platform for Intel. It's in the 
Nook family, sort of, but using way lower power processors. And it's supposed to have like a common connector on it, so it's upgradable. This, maybe not so much. It seems like it has its own I.O., but it would be way more useful to actually use with the compute card stuff you need a breakout that has active cooling in it. Yeah. But you don't seem to need that for this, and it has two Type-C ports on it. I assume one for power and... Or no, a micro for power, and then two Type-C ports for connectivity, including display port. Interesting on the micro for power for that. Yeah. That point. Um, Celeron, a dual core Celeron N3350, 1.1 gigahertz, HD 500 graphics, 4 gigs of memory, 32 gigs EMMC storage, uh, 802. Oh, wait, it has 802.11 AC. Hmm. Yep. And Bluetooth 4.2. And Bluetooth. Pre installed with 108 that's, that's so much more powerful than my 1999 PC. Yeah. <laughs> 179 Which you paid bucks. more than 179 bucks for. Yeah, uh, more than that, yes. That's pretty yeah. good. That includes the yeah. OS. Um, oh, wow. T- uh, Tim points out that the, it could be used as, like, Plex endpoints for media streaming. Yeah, you need a way to control it. Yeah. Plex app will do some of that stuff. Very cheap, portable, silent audio recording PC. Uh, yeah. Something you can lose on the couch accidentally. <laughs> I, I don't get the comparison with the the Pi though, because isn't the Pi three? What is that shipping for now? Fifty bucks, thirty five bucks. Oh, it's way less. Yeah, but yeah. this is way more powerful. Okay, right. Well, and, I mean, it's shipping with an OS. It has an OS. That, yeah, or okay. it's working. You don't have to learn how to deal with Pi. True. If you have a USB accessory, boom, done. Yeah. Right. Uh, in theory, I guess. Right, depending on the capability of the device. Um, that's pretty uh, neat. I bet you it's got wide eye too. Uh, maybe mm, I don't know. HD five hundred. No, HD five hundred is still a thing. Yeah, HD five hundred is low uh, end. Dells okay. are still shipping with it. Yeah, I don't know. That I mean, that would be a great feature for that, right? Yeah, it would. You would it actually make sense to, for this to, one. to display. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was, it was an Intel that killed their uh, remote keyboard app yeah, on Android. Massive right? vulnerabilities. Yeah, vulnerabilities. Yeah, yeah. Out, not great. Mm. Uh, what else we got? Oh, look at this. The most exciting news to come from Computex. Noctua. You mean once you go... Uh, once you get away from tan on tan, you go, to, bullshit. you go to black on black. I don't know. Uh, only beige for me, man. Yeah. <laughs> you shouldn't get the color you want. <laughs> You should get the color they give you. Yeah. Yeah, no, I understand. So Noctua apparently showed black colored coolers with black fans as opposed to the beige tan yeah. combined. Uh, they've been Noctua doing designs. black fans for a and, while I mean, now. It's not like this is the first one they've ever done. Yeah, you're right. Well, they've had Yeah, black... but, you know, some people like the color of vomit. It's true. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I was thinking on the other end, Josh, but, you know. Yeah. But isn't Lori going to want that cooler? I mean, look at that thing. Yeah. It looks really the cool. Blacked right, out. Yeah. Like, they could, if they could they could get that licensing for that Batman brand, that's what you got right and there. And plus, you've got the black body radiation coming off of that, so it's even more efficient. Am I right? Shut up. <laughs> black body, bam, bam. Gosh, you're not wrong. <laughs> Spending a little too much time on Honda forms, painting your inner cooler black. <laughs> Uh, so that's all that is from Nocto. We'll see. I, I would expect zero performance delta. I expect the price increase because they should. Yeah. They should charge 15 bucks more for these. 
because people would buy them. Because fuck you. People would buy them. People would buy yeah, them. But I think the article said there was a slight performance decrease, didn't it? On the cooler? Yeah. I it, guess I guess from having the anodized or maybe that was just the fan. Cooler. I mean the it fan should have over the, the ones with black spray paint, didn't they? <laughs> it, I mean, it does look rattle canned from a distance. No. It looks awesome. <laughs> Can't tell anything like that. I don't know. I don't know. The Chromax series. Customized with bits of color accents by switching out pieces if you want, as well as including cables, rubber fan mounts, fan shrouds, and black, white, green, blue, yellow, and red. Does it have RGB? No, it is manual RGB. You swap out the mount of white, blue, green, yellow, or red. (laughs) So so we're going to start a pool now, right? We're going to get one of these in, and we're going to scrape the paint off and see what color it is underneath, right? No. Are you talking about the fan or the heat sink? Either. Why would you paint the fan? I don't know. I mean, they could. It's got to be cheaper to inject more more mass on the rotating body. (laughs) Say again, Josh. He wants more mass on the rotating body. Mm, So it makes it even more efficient. All right. All right. Make sure to notch equally off of each blade. Yeah. Last bit of news here Uh, Intel was showing off some dual display demos. Uh, Again. Say again, Jeremy. I, I said again. Oh, well, tell me about it this time. Well, I mean, we've been seeing these for a while, and I mean, the yogas have been interesting. Well, let me uh, hold on. Let me stop you there. You didn't really love it, did you? Well, hold on. We haven't seen two displays. We've seen uh, a display and then a, a really large, like trackpad, like a touch large area. trackpad, touchpad yeah. area that you know that could have a keyboard on it, or you could draw on it with a pen. But like the two. Like actual monitors, displays, I think is still new. Well, we've seen. So is, is that bottom one a sleep study graph? That's that's kind of what it looks like. They're both the same Excel sheet. You're just scrolling through it. It's acting like one tall portrait display in that instance. What's that? What does everyone that, that looks like with a touch it looks screen like on an Excel brain graph? Cool. So somebody should go first. Yeah, Jeremy, what'd you say? I said everyone wants to work on a touch screen when they're dealing with Excel. Yeah, don't get me wrong. It's good for viewing data, not maybe good for manipulating data in that case. But I, I think at this point they're just showing prototypes of hey, we can get this, we can get this to work. I mean, one of the big problems you, you see already is literally in this picture is your difference in viewing angle has a significant change. <laughs> Better use IPS on what that screen is. Yeah, and and like really good ones, and figure yeah. out how to how to make them have super wide viewing angles. Uh, because yeah. clearly the you know the screen on the bottom looks what a third as bright as the one yeah. at the top. Yeah. Well, I mean there are a bunch of sacrifices you got to make because I mean the the buddy thing's four point seven millimeters thin. Sure, that's true. And they they You're managed right. to fit a Cabby Lake in there, yeah, which is, sure is sheer craziness. A Y series part, but yeah, I mean still, yeah, that's 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 a good performance yeah. level. And, I, like it's not just a toy. If they can actually pull this off, it's going to look wonderful. And uh, they've sort of the 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 bottom side. And as you mentioned, it is a little bit less bright. It's because it's some sort of EPD. Uh, not in that it's, prototype. They, 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 this is what they're talking about for uh, Tiger Rapids. They they, they EPD had on the bottom. They had different iterations, but that is not e paper. Okay. Like you could just look at that and not, not e paper. I want the one with e paper desperately. <laughs> yeah, please. Because give what it to we're me. sort of saying is that the bottom one, 
Uh, one of the problems with the yogas was when you're drawing on it with a stylus, there's no give to it whatsoever. There's there's no tactile input. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's the case. They're talking pen. about a tiny bit of give. Yeah. Just the, to give you that feeling. The idea of it kind of feeling more like paper when you draw on it is interesting. Yeah, you, you can have like reference material on the top display and use a stylus on the bottom to draw. That would be awesome. Yeah. So I don't know if you could do dual IPSs unless you wanted to have two separate lines, which would make sense. There's a lot of questions about could you do this and 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 actually still be a productivity user? You know, do you want is it, is it going to be a completely virtual keyboard? Is it going to come with a keyboard that mounts on top? It's going to be just external keyboards. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of different problems you have to solve here. Like, well, it you makes... got a single USB C. So. Well, yeah. And, and we, we don't know what, what their partner designs were going to be. Remember, Intel doesn't sell laptops, as it turns out. Dell and HP and Lenovo and Asus do. Uh, do. And oh, the so Asus, does Microsoft. The though. Asus precog that they showed was much larger than this. It had different feature sets. It had one of those Mavidius AI chips in it, for example. Um, but there's a lot of there, – there are a couple of so, – So let's talk about Project Andromeda. This has been the oft-rumored <laughs> – Almost confirmed through patent drawings, Microsoft Windows 10 dual screen device. So it seems like a lot of this is building on top, will build on top of that momentum. Like Microsoft will release a Surface device that's like this, but, and figure out the OS impl- like implications of that. And then a bunch of OEMs will release them. It's kind of what this seems like. Intel has a reference platform they're showing off. This, I mean, we've heard ru- rumors of a Yoga Book 2. Actually, they announced the Yoga Book 2 at Computex yeah. on the Intel stage. There's this Andromeda stuff. It all kind of seems to be a perfect storm where it's not just one OEM doing this. It could be like a more in- industry-wide movement, which I think is really cool and I'm excited for. I don't know why, but I'm excited for it. It's something new. Yeah, no, I I agree. I, I think there are, there are a couple of... Um... There are a couple of like user types that this makes perfect sense for the artistic side. Yeah. Uh, then there are the productivity users where you're like, is this even what we want? Right. <laughs> yeah. Do we even want to talk about this transition? I'm, you know, do you, it's going to take a lot to get people away from the keyboard, the trackpad of a laptop. Yeah. Right. For the, good reason. The physical things like, but you look at what happened in, in phones. Yeah. We did eventually get way away from having physical keyboards on phones. And they so, stopped shrinking and started getting bigger again, too, which yeah. you wouldn't have called. <clears throat> that's true, but, but because the display became the most important part of that Maybe point, one day so. the display becomes foldable. I mean, yeah. I mean, the, I, I, know, here's, on that here's the interesting thing, right? You got these dual displays, and because it becomes annoying to, to, to put your fingers on them all the time, you'll attach a mouse to it so you can get a little bit better control. And then because of all that, you, you attach a keyboard to it, and you're starting to use a keyboard, and then because of the way the angles are, you you then just take it and you turn it upside down, and you've got a dual display laptop that with a really nasty bezel in the middle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of things to work through, no doubt, no doubt. But interesting that they show it. Yeah. I'm interested. All right, let's... I'm curious to see how this is going to work out because I do know people uh, that this this would be their usage scenario and they love it they yeah. absolutely love it yeah so all right let's, see. let's do our picks of the week up first no yes me it is an eight dollar transcend usb 3.0 card reader uh Ooh. that i needed my laptop at the time did not have well it still doesn't have an sd card 
reader on it. Uh, and so this is small enough that just throw it in the backpack pocket. Don't have to worry about it. doesn't have any like USB cables. <clears throat> so you don't have to worry about losing something uh, along that line. Other than just losing the entire unit. Well, yeah. sure. It's not that small. But like you, you might not lose a cable, but you might, oh, I need to use this for this other purpose and then forget to put it back in your bag, for example. Yeah. Right. Or, so you can get it in this fancy uh, black color or for a penny less, you mm. can get it Ooh. in bright ass pink. Uh, sort of follow up. If you have a laptop that only has type C, I have a very similar reader that's mm. SD and micro SD from Anchor. And it has like a, it has a little attached cord, but it's type C. So if you're using a laptop with only Type C, you can eliminate oh, a dongle idea. there. Yeah, and this it's is, this it's about ten bucks too. Yeah, handy as to cheap have. as chips. Yeah, you should handy just to have. Ha- have a good SD card reader around. Pick of the week. Yeah. Ta-da! All right, uh, Jeremy. Uh, nice deal on a case that uh, Sebastian gave a gold award to. The, is yeah, that the smaller size uh, Corsair Crystal? The four sixty X. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, up here in Canucka's town, it's uh, 140 bucks <laughs> at the end of it, which yeah. is about what you'd pay for it in the States. Wow. Is that the one we have in the office? I think we have the bigger one. I think we have the 570. Uh, yeah. You know. You'll have the bigger one, probably. It, it's still but a very pretty case. I really like it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's well designed, too. Yeah, you get the front tempered glass, but there's a nice air gap in the front so you can actually mm-hmm. get some front intake through those three fans that they put in there it's not whistling too terribly no tempered it's glass not. is pretty but it's a damn good insulator too <laughs> yeah yeah all right uh yeah. george george you know i'm i'm on a storage kick and this one caught my eye a 480 gig SSD for oh, seven. That's not it. That's not it. Oh, Josh didn't have his in there. Spoiled yeah, of course. Link. Are you kidding me? No, I put it in there. Yeah, no, it wasn't in there when I was doing the tabs. You were late, is what I'm saying. Whatever. 480 gig for $79. And if you're on eBlast, it's even less with Newegg. It's gold, too. True. Sure is. It's probably a crappy performing. <laughs> SSD, but you don't care because it's seventy nine dollars without e blast. And what's what's the what's what's that work out to? You gotta give me the price per gig. Sixteen point four cents. Ten cent class. Ten cent class SSDs, everybody. Not I was ten right. Ten cent class. Ten cent class. <laughs> like the Chinese company. Ten cent. We're getting there. Yeah. yeah. Ten cent class. Ten cent per gig class. Yeah. About eighteen yeah. cents, I'd say. All right, now the mystery pick oh. from Ken. Speaking of China, all of my pictures are going to come from directly from China now. From the future. This Speaking of, have you actually got your laptop yet? They said soon. <laughs> <laughs> they promised it would be soon. Okay. Yeah. They sent an email on Saturday saying they will mod the machine and ship it in the next seven days. So, you know, stay tuned. Uh, so this is an interesting problem that's kind of existed for a while. We've had USB 3.1 Gen 2 on a lot of products recently. You can get... Uh, NVMe set or sorry, M.2 SATA to USB 3.1 enclosures, but that doesn't really buy you a whole lot. You don't see the bandwidth increase. What you really want is an NVMe to USB 3.1 device. And right. as it turns out, J Mark J Micron, who we know and love, has started to come out with a chipset to do this. It's the JMS 583, 
and there have huh. popped up a couple of Chinese OEMs only selling on AliExpress that are making these devices. So it's really only a matter of time before we either see these Chinese devices on Amazon in the U.S. or someone, some PC OEM, rebrand them. So this, uh, this spells PNY all over it. I was thinking more like Thermaltake. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Like Anchor? Anchor, yeah. yeah. I, I'd buy the Anchor uh, version of this. How about the fake USB drives you used to buy yeah. from them for really cheap? Mm, yeah. That one was great. You shut up. Yeah. <laughs> it was was two terabytes yeah so because it's j micron uh will you get the the ssd pauses i hope that has been their legacy i hope so that'd be nice 33 bucks free shipping it's free shipping on the slow boat i'm not gonna order one of these yet because i don't want it to take um eight six to eight weeks to get here on time delivery in 60 days yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna wait to see if i can find one of these chipset devices using this chipset in the u.s and kind of keep an eye on that out for that but starting to get out there which is nice i wanted this for a while yes it makes perfect sense I mean, cool. NVMe drives have been out for how long, and we haven't had an ability to do this until yeah. now. 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 All right, everybody, that's it for the week. Thanks for joining us. Uh, you can find all of the links to the stories we talked about and everything else at pcper.com slash podcast. And uh, pcper.com slash live is where we, where we stream uh, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Wednesdays. Uh, PCPro.com slash subscribe is where you can sign up for that mailing list. And don't forget, this coming Tuesday, so if you listen to this, it's this coming Tuesday, June 19th, uh, we are hosting an AMD FreeSync discussion live stream that will have some pretty cool news in it as well as uh, hardware to give away. So, Isn't that incredible? Isn't it incredible? (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. It will be incredible. It will absolutely be incredible. Uh, so thank you everybody. So what was I going to say on that Tuesday, 1 PM Pacific, 4 PM Eastern, June 19th. And if you go to pcper.com slash subscribe, you can sign up for that mailing list. I'll send you a reminder. Then you can add it to your Google calendar or whatever the cool things that you use to keep track of your, your time and schedule. Uh, so with that, we'll see you guys next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.